Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. Grant Bills will be along next, coming up next segment, getting into uh, the golf course situation I found myself in yesterday with the uh, lack of clothing of people out there. And I think it brings up an interesting ethical question about where we stand when the temperature reaches 100 plus degrees. 877-867-1670. We'll be talking Brewers all day. If you want to chime in, is a split still a success here against the Cardinals after they split the first two games? Should three and one be the expectation here? End of the week, include that Blue Jays series. Should four and three, should we be sitting three and four? Where are we at with this team right now? And are you concerned at all at the offense's lack of production, really? I mean, one base runner after the third inning is not good. And I, it doesn't take a genius to see that. But there was just no traffic on the base pass to get anything going. A lot of deep flyouts when it was a one-run game, but not nearly enough to get anything going against what has been a, a good Cardinals bullpen. That guy, Giovanni Gallegos, I mean, man, pitched two innings last night. He's been disgusting. It's the Cardinals, and, and it sucks, but, you know, they, they always have those horses in the back of the bullpen to close games and, and win games. So Craig Council, after the game, was talking about what they got from Chichi Gonzalez in his start. And I was talking about this with Ebo last segment. I mean, him and Jason Alexander have been a godsend to this rotation. It's a rotation that's obviously been missing three of now it's missing three of its horses, but two of its main horses had been out for, for extended time. And usually when that happens, I mean, that is a pivotal blow. There aren't many MLB teams that are well equipped to just throw in starter number seven, starter number eight, and still go out there and win baseball games. Although the Brewers lost last night, I'm going to group in Chi-Chi Gonzalez's start with what Jason Alexander's done and say it's been a massive success. Do I think it is sustainable given all the base runners and lack of strikeouts? No, but your hope is they don't really need those guys to continue starting games as the season goes on. Here's what counsel after the game had to say about Chi-Chi Gonzalez and his start yesterday. We got 12 outs. I think that was, you know, but going into it, we were hoping we get 12 outs. Um, so him getting us to that point in the game, um, you know, was a job well done and definitely still in the game at that point. 12 outs. I mean, yeah, it was all you needed. I think the three runs, like that first inning, it looked like disaster was just going to come. The The Cardinals got a lot going. They scored two runs. But then bouncing back for a scoreless second and a scoreless third, and then that one mistake to Nolan Gorman in the fourth, I think three runs through four there is a success given given the context and the fact he was actually able to go four. Like the Cardinals, you look at the other side, Jack Flaherty. He's a guy, he's an ace. He's coming off of a significant injury. He's working his way back. He's had a couple starts so far this year, but he hasn't given the team much length. And he only went three. So the fact that you had Chichi Gonzalez come in and really help the team out, obviously the bullpen was a little rested given what Burns did the night before, but uh, 12 outs was significant. I think the three runs was a, uh, was a good performance when you look at all of it and the context going in. Here's counsel. He said, Chichi, he agrees. He thinks he had a nice game. You know, when Chichi's outing, I mean, he, you know, he had a shaky first and, and recovered with a couple of really nice innings. Then, you know, unfortunately, that 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 was kind of the pitch that you wish he had back to keep it a tie game there. But um, yeah, he had a nice game. 
So the Cardinals bullpen, you look at their side, six total innings. They got two from Helsley, two from Gallegos, a third from Verhagen, and one and two-thirds from Thompson. They only allowed, as I mentioned, two base runners. One of them was a walk, and one of them was a one-out double in the ninth when the game was pretty much over. So that bullpen was absolutely dominant. When you look back at where the Brewers could have taken advantage and where they could have won the game, that was against Jack Flaherty in the first three innings. You're looking at three hits, five walks, only one strikeout. He gave up those two runs in the first, but there were a lot of opportunities out there for the Brewers to capitalize. Council says, you know, Flaherty was not great by any means, but he did make some pitches to get out of those jams. Um, well, I, I mean, I think that the, the thing we took note of is he wasn't, he wasn't in the strike zone a lot. Um, and, and that's how we got the rally started really is some walks, but he, then he made some pitches when we got guys on, when he got guys on base. And furthermore, he did also say the bullpen, I, the Cardinals bullpen had a terrific day yesterday, six innings, only two base runners, five strikeouts. He said that bullpen did its job. Well, we struggled with the guy throwing 103. Uh, he's pretty good. He's he's having a heck of a year, and he's he's throwing the ball very very well. Both those guys were fresh. That you could tell that too. They had pitched in a while. Um, they they were really crisp. Just kind of how their games have rolled. Obviously, that those those two haven't pitched in a while, and so they those are good relievers. Those are good pitchers. Um, they did their job today. So going back to the Flaherty thing, where the Brewers had to really take advantage. You go to the bottom of the first and lead off Yelich. I mentioned it last segment, a hit and a walk yesterday, two times on base in five, uh, four trips to the plate. He walks, Adamas goes deep, the game is tied. But then you turn right around, you get Telez on base, you get Renfro on base. So you have first and second with one out and then a tough double play there from Victor Caratini. Uh, you go to the second you have two men on with two out after the Yelich single, but Adamas couldn't get it done. And then you go to the third, the first two guys in the inning walk. And I know it's kind of a cliche in baseball, but when you walk the leadoff guy, you almost always get scored on as a pitcher. Just watching games and not even looking at maybe the percentages, that seems to be the case. Like If you have a closer that comes in, it's a one-run game in the ninth. He walks the leadoff guy. I feel like almost always that guy comes around to score. Here are the Brewers. Telez walked, McCutcheon walked to lead off the inning, and then they couldn't get it done. Uh, Flaherty made some massive pitches. He gets Renfro, who flies out. Caratini strikes out. And then Arias, who's been really struggling, flies out. Here is Council. Said that they had him on the ropes. Look at that third inning. Even the second, two on with two outs. And the first, two on with one out when they had that double play. They had Flaherty on the ropes. They just could not get the hit across. It felt like we had Flaherty on the ropes a little bit and kind of every inning and the next hit just never happened. And I thought that was really the kind of key points in the game. You know, it happened early. We just didn't get that next hit when we had a shot. And, you know, they, they went with their big relievers and they, those guys did a really nice job. There's Craig Council. Uh, again, I mean, looking back at the game, the bullpen was due on the Brewers side of it. The bullpen was due to give up a little bit. They had not given up an earned run in 28 and a third inning. That doesn't really concern me. That unit will be fine. I was impressed with Chichi Gonzalez. Obviously disappointed the offense did nothing against a good Cardinals pen. But sometimes, I, if you had said going into that game with Gonzalez on the mound that the team is down 3-2, 
going into the seventh inning and then four, two going into the eighth, I would have taken that a hundred times out of a hundred. They had opportunities to take advantage, had opportunities to win. It's not a red flag kind of loss to me. It's one when you have a rotation right now where you have spot starts for two of the five, pretty much with Alexander and Gonzalez, those games are going to happen. And I don't think you can really go in, expect wins all the time in those settings. But tonight with Lauer, I mean, that Lauer has to have a good start tonight. He, as I mentioned, a great start to the year. He's been scuffling. He took a loss in Washington, didn't pitch well in Cincinnati, but the offense bailed him out there. He has to have a good outing tonight. He's given up six home runs in his last two starts, three to Washington, three to Cincinnati. Got to keep the ball in the park tonight. Has to bounce back because in the rotation right now, I mean, he's the second most reliable guy. So if you're looking up and down, where can the Brewers actually get something sustainable going and continuing to win against good teams? It has to come from Lauer because Woodruff isn't there. He's not coming through that door for at least another week. He's got to have a good start tonight against the Cardinals. All right, 877-867-1670. We'll take your phone calls on the Brewers. What do you think of last night's game? Coming up here at 11, we're getting into what I mentioned The Packers 53-man roster prediction came out on ESPN. Grant and I will get into that, how it compares to last year's team, and if these two teams faced off on the field, who would we see winning? I think that'll be an interesting way to see where this team stands right now on June 22nd with the season still a couple months away. Coming up next, Grant Bills will be in for the rest of the show, and there was a situation on the golf course last night, a lack of clothing is the most fair way to put it. Talking about that next, it's the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michael Show. Taking you up until 2 o'clock. Bill, again, back tomorrow to talk about tonight's Brewers game. Grant, what are you thinking about tonight's game? It's uh, it's an interesting one to me because it's. I talked about this with Ebo to start the show today. This feels like kind of a turning point game. Obviously, it's game three of the series. But with Eric Lauer on the hill, he has had a great start to the year and a lot of impressive stuff. But then there's also been some struggles as of late. He's given up, I think, 12 total runs in his last two starts. This could be kind of a turning point start for Lauer. I think it's a really important game because when you face the Cardinals for four and two of the games are started by Chichi Gonzalez and Jason Alexander, the other two are supposed to be your two aces that are healthy. You got to win those two where your good pitchers are out. I think this is a really important game or as important as it could be in late June. I think I'm going to go fishing right after work, and I'm going to listen to this game on the radio. I think that's what I'm going to do with tonight's game because I'm a little stressed about it. You're right. Uh, you kind of stole my thunder. I was going to pull up the schedule and make sure that Jason Alexander is, in fact, starting tomorrow. You're exactly right. You have four games against a divisional rival with a great offense. And let's be real. The Brewers, I mean, they could get a wild card, but they need to win the division. This division is poor. They need to win this division. So these games against St. Louis are big, and you said it. Two of these four games were started by Chi Chi Gonzalez and Jason Alexander. Eric Lauer needs to be good tonight. 
I'm not saying that it's a, a must win, as I like to say randomly on my show. <laughs> this is a must pitch well for Eric Lauer. Like, we need at least five or six innings of very competitive baseball. He's been up and down. Tonight, we need him. We need him, especially with Ashby out, Woodruff out, Peralta out. I think you nailed it. Alexander and Chichi Gonzalez are starting two of these four. Lauer needs to be nails tonight. Ooh, the must pitch well. I like that. That's kind of like in the playoffs. It's always brought up the must win thing. I say, no, it's actually a can't lose. It's not a must yeah. win. It's a game you can't lose. But exactly. when the Bucks were tied 1-1 to the Bulls after that game two loss, that whatever, who cared about it? But I said going to game three, the Bucks don't need to win that game. They could go down 2-1, still win the series going away. But I said it's a must look good. They have to come back and not look as freaking bad as they did in game two. Mm -hmm. uh, it's This is a similar concept where, yeah, you need Lauer to give you a good start here. I, I mentioned the runs recently. Four against Cincinnati. He ended up getting the win because the offense went nuts. Eight against Washington. That's six total home runs in his last two starts. And that is after a stretch of up and down. But that is obviously uh, the start to the year was just phenomenal. The strikeout numbers were crazy high. The strikeout numbers have dipped a bit as of late. He had five Ks over six and a third against the Reds, two over five to the Nationals. That was the disaster start. Four over six to San Diego. I You want to see those strikeout numbers trend back to what they were to start the year, but y you just got to find a way to blank this lineup. And it's a lineup, Grant, and I'll go through this a little bit. They don't have much uh, experience against Lauer, and it's the opposite on the other side in terms of the Brewers against damn Adam Wainwright. Who Adam Wainwright's five and five with a three point oh six. How is this possible? They sit him up and they play. Oh, little connection difficulty with with Grant chiming in here. But uh, you mentioned what the Cardinals have have done against Lauer thus far in their careers. Nolan Arenado only fourteen at bats. He's hitting two fourteen against him. No homers. No ribbies. Harrison Bader ten at bats. He's two for ten. Dylan Carlson's only faced him once, Donovan twice, Edmund only seven times. He's hitting 286. Paul Goldschmidt's only one for nine, so maybe that's a good sign. Pujols has only faced him three times. Uh, and I, I mean, Lauer's been around a bit, but I guess he hasn't faced this iteration of the Cardinals very often. And then Juan Yepes twice. So not a lot of experience. I think that could be a good thing. Go to the other side of the ball. And I mean, how many times has Adam Wainwright thrown against the Brewers? Adamas only faced him 11 times. He's hitting 091. Keston here only 14. But you go to the meat of that Brewers lineup. Andrew McCutcheon, 70 at bats. He's hitting 314 against Wainwright. Two bombs. Jace Peterson, 20 uh, at bats against him. He's hitting 250. Hunter Renfro, only five. But Christian Yelich, 34 appearances against Adam Wainwright. Sitting 265. Luis Arias, he has two homers and only 11 at-bats against Wainwright. So there is a track record there, you would hope, yeah. that the Brewers are able to to get Wainwright. What were you saying well, before? What I, what I was saying is the Brewers touched up Wainwright pretty good last time they saw him. And while I was waiting here to get reconnected, I was trying to find the box score of that game, and I couldn't. Maybe it's, it's not even worth talking about. The thing with Wainwright, he doesn't have blow-you-away stuff. He never has. Right. He's someone out of 2013 where he throws like, you know, 92, 93. That's as high as he's going to get. The problem is with the Brewers is they never put pressure on pitchers. They never work counts. They never force a pitcher to work so they can let a pitcher like Wainwright get away with kind of cruising. 
They don't force a guy to make tough pitches to strike them out. They don't force high leverage moments like we saw last night. The Brewers had two base runners after the third inning, just a walk and a double. Like, they need to put pressure on the opposing pitcher. And if they do that tonight, they should be able to get to Wainwright. They've seen him a bunch. He doesn't have knockdown stuff. And I love the the averages that you just shared. I feel great about that. Traffic. Traffic is the key word. There yeah. was no, great, zero, great. zero base runner traffic against the bullpen last night. One meaningful base runner in six innings. That ninth inning guy, we're not going to count that. So, yeah, you got to put pressure on him. You mentioned Wainwright's last start, May 26th. In St. Louis against the Brewers, they were the Brewers were 29 and 16 at the time. That was when they were cruising. Cardinals were 24 and 20. Wainwright, five innings, 10 hits, four runs, three of them earned, one walk, two strikeouts. So 10 hits. Traffic. Ten, that's the point. It's not just the, the however many runs they got him for. They got four runs. They didn't score after the fourth inning. 10 hits. There was a lot more activity. There was a lot more stress put on Wainwright than just those four runs that the Brewers scored. That's the point. And everybody tallied one. That was back when Wong was at leadoff. He was one for five. Luis Arias was one for five. Yelich in the three spot. He was two for four. And now maybe leadoff Yelich can hit three for four, three for five today. Who knows? McCutcheon at four. He was two for five. Teles had a hit. Taylor had a hit. Narvaez had two. Kane even had a hit. Jace Peterson also went one for four. So, I mean, uh, familiarity, I think, is a thing. Like the fact that the Cardinals haven't faced Lauer much could play into his advantage a bit, but Great it's also, you, you got to consider the context of, I mean, that's a pretty damn good Cardinals lineup. A lot of it is really young. Like a lot of these guys, Brendan Donovan, Dylan Carlson's in his second year. You have Nolan Gorman, the rookie. So they're, they they kind of have their new age of, of offensive firepower coming up to help Arnado and help Goldschmidt and help Edmund. So the fact that they haven't faced Lauer much, maybe that helps. We'll see. But it also, I feel like it's all about Lauer's stuff. It's it's all about his command because I recently, we just haven't seen it. Four walks against Washington. He had one against Cincinnati, but he had two walks and then three in the start before that, four in the start before that. So it, it's about the command. It's about the strikeouts. I think that's my biggest key tonight, honestly. It's... Can can Eric Lauer get back to eight Ks, pitch five innings, eight strikeouts, give me one or two walks. That's it. If he does no that, walks. I think the Brewers win. You can't walk, guys, because Arenado and Goldschmidt are too good. Chances are at some point Lauer is going to make a mistake, and if somebody hits a double or a home run, you don't want traffic on the bases in front of that guy because you put him there via walks, right? That's what You want to minimize any mistake, any good thing that the Cardinals do offensively, you want to minimize as much as possible. And avoiding walks is the easiest way to do that. It's also boomer take coming. I mean, see the Cardinals play some small ball last night? Yeah. They did a hit and run, Grant. Well, is that small ball? I feel like a lot of teams do the hit and run. Brewers will do the hit and run. Well, they'll do the hit and run. I was going to bring up the reason Milwaukee couldn't do a hit and run is there was no one to run. No one, no one could have ran yeah. or, or hit for what it's worth. <laughs> it was, would have just been more of a swing. Yeah. They, they couldn't hit and run, but they could swing. That's about as far as they could go with that. Yeah, you're right. I'm excited for this game tonight. Then they get a day game tomorrow. It's, it, it, it's a really interesting part of the schedule. I feel like you don't usually get these series meaning that much. And is it kind of bad that the Brewers are down in this spot that they played themselves back into it being a close race? Yeah, obviously yeah. at the same time, as a sports talk radio host and someone who loves baseball, I like late June games with intrigue. Like I, I like late inning playoff atmospheres in June. Yeah. If the Brewers were playing 
the Diamondbacks this week, what would we be talking about? You know what I mean? We'd find something because you're just excellent at curating content. I'd play off you and we'd talk about being shirtless and it'd be fun, but this is nice. We have a lot of storylines. We have a lot of players and, and a lot of things to talk about this week with Bruce Cardinals. And yes, there's an afternoon game tomorrow, which is why I think I'm going to go fishing tonight is because I'll listen to tonight's game. Then I'll really dial in, watch tomorrow's game. And then by the time I go on at four, we'll have two games to talk about. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I guess you do get the two for one. If they were playing the Diamondbacks, you did ask, I'd probably talk about my gross indifference to that organization, which is probably the worst thing you could have towards anything. The worst reaction wow. is no reaction. I have no feelings about the Diamondbacks. I mean, Randy the Johnson. And the Diamondbacks remind, they remind me of each other. Remember back in like 2011 when the Diamondbacks were kind of sneaky good and they met in the NLDS? I always had an affinity to the Diamondbacks because they reminded me of the Brewers a lot, which yeah, means they, but, for the most part, not very good. Yeah, but no one goes to their games. It's Arizona. Like, I know the Brewers play in Arizona in spring training. I I don't really see the similarity, frankly. Like, except Randy Johnson killed a bird. Josh Hader's a cool lefty with hair. There, There's a comp. <laughs> I think that's the yeah, best one go. I can come up with. All you right. Nailed it. 877-867-1670. There is more to talk about. There, there are headlines abound. I want to talk about the PGA tour for a little bit, not to get into the weeds of all this stuff, but yesterday Brooks Kepka goes to the live. We, we, Oh, we didn't talk. That was yesterday. I, I thought we had talked about that on Monday. We talked about it on Bill's show yesterday. Kepka going to the live. The PGA tour has pretty much put out its response. And many were wondering yesterday and still they're like, Ben, why, why do you say the PGA Tour is screwed? Why do you say this is ruining golf? Why do you say the PGA Tour just came back and it was a bad response to what the Liv is doing? Well, I can tell you next. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills in for Bill. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.